you're in the second of a series of sermons on sensitive subjects. And this one is about race issues this day. And it's, it's tough. And it's hard for me to prepare for this service this day. Our, my lens for this whole series was that passage from Isaiah. It's a courtroom scene where God prosecutes his own people and says to them, don't hide out in your worship. Don't pretend there aren't problems out there. Don't just come to worship to feel good about yourself. How you treat those who are most vulnerable is how I look at you. <laughs> it's hard words from God. And this Galatians passage is, is a wonderful manifesto as Paul is uh, helping to start the new churches all across the ancient world and here in this region of Galatia, a part of Turkey, he gives a, an emancipation pro proclamation. He says, in baptism, we're all one. We're all children of God. And faith is the great equalizer. And no, the differences are, are still there. They're not erased. But dominance is erased. That's what has happened here. In this sacrament we call baptism, we are all part of the same family. I love that, that passage. I, the, the, the worship team always challenges me about Tuesday when I'm working on this message to say, Lynn, what, what is, what's the thing you want people to leave with? What's the one message you want them to get? And it's, it's really simple today. So, you ready? In Christ Jesus, we are a rainbow. We are a rainbow. Beautiful image, huh? We are a rainbow as individuals. I got to reflecting upon it in my cultural heritage, my ethnic background, and, and I don't have to go back too many generations to find uh, uh, great-grandfather Schmidt, German, right? And great-grandfather Antoine, French. And the Bartons are from the south of England. And if you dig a little further, there's some Native American in me. Reflect on who you are. Aren't you a rainbow? You're not just unified, monolithic, huh? Aren't you a rainbow? Is, yeah? At the early service, they helped me out. People started calling out the rainbow that this church is because we are not just one, are we? I mean, we're, we're all kinds of people that have come together as one in this rainbow sacrament. Could, could you call out your identities? Could you do that a little bit? Could I hear you? Go ahead. This is... Good, good, thank you. We are a rainbow at our best in this sacrament. We're in the house of God, though, this day, and we need to tell the truth. That's what confession is, right? It's telling the truth before God. We do not always live into our rainbow identity. I'm not here to beat you up today, and I'm not here to beat me up today, but I'm going to be telling the truth in the house of God this day. I come from a privileged place. I am a white, male, American, highly educated, pretty rich in terms of uh, other cultures and worlds. You know, I, you know, I come from a privileged place, a place of power, and I just need to own who I am before you and before God 
this day. I was thinking of race relations, and I did a lot of research in preparation for this message. One of the things I came across was a term called um, cultural humility (laughs) that each of us need to start practicing. We need to identify who we are so we can be in conversation and in community with other people that may be different from us. Again, the differences are not erased. The dominance is erased. I got to thinking in terms of systems, systemic racism. And here this is not going to be very pretty for just a little bit. To know just how deep this problem is in our our midst. So I was looking at the year 1787, the the Constituting Convention, where America's trying to write the Constitution. And what happens? That if your skin color happens to be black, you're counted as three-fifths a person. How would you feel if you were considered 60% of who you are? I mean, these are in our founding documents. As as the North and South were trying to to negotiate and, and become this nation, The southern states, that was one of their things. Three-fifths a person if your skin color happened to be black. We've had a civil war. I mean, there's civil wars going on around the world right now. And and we had one here. It was a lot about race. Yes, there were economic factors involved and states' rights factors, but a lot of it was around race. That didn't solve everything, did it? Emancipation Proclamation, what, it took two years to get here to Texas. Something like that, right? Uh, for Juneteenth, amazing. There's always a lag. And then I had to look it up. Jim Crow laws, have you heard of this? Uh, that even when there's national policies and stuff, well, you know, if you happen to be in the South, uh, state governments and local governments can write all kinds of ordinances and laws and uh, really dispossess people of some rights if your skin color happened to be darker. It happened in schools and uh, neighborhoods and banks and all kinds of ways, so very, very insidious ways. And now today, there's the new Jim Crow laws. Have you read this book, heard about this book? Have you, I, 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 there was a statistic that just blew me away from this book. 13% of the population in the United States, their skin color is black. 40% of the population in prison is black. It's a new form of of prejudice that is being played out in our midst. It's a deep problem. Unfortunately, even the church has participated in that. In the news in the last month, there's been a prominent church in South Carolina, Charleston, Emmanuel, African, Episcopal, African, Methodist, Episcopal church, I looked it up. The African Methodist Episcopal Church was founded in the late 1700s because black Methodists felt discriminated against. And it has grown to be the second largest Methodist denomination behind United Methodist in the United States. I didn't know that until I started doing the research. To, To our shame. I mean, again, this is what I'm saying. It's systemic how deeply this goes. But what a witness in that church, huh? I bet some of you have gone to Bible study on a Tuesday night or Wednesday night, Sunday night. Haven't you gone to Bible study? 
And, and you go there, and, and you know the script before you walk in, right? And you know the people usually, and, and, and we know where you left off in, in the, that book that you were studying, and somebody offers a prayer, and maybe you sing a little bit, and, and somebody's you know, doing the interpretation of Scripture and making application to your life. And occasionally there'll be a guest that comes in, and you, you know, but most of the time it's, it's pretty routine, am I right? I mean, and then on a Wednesday night, an Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, a white guy, young guy, walks in. Who's this? They offer him radical hospitality. Why does he wait an hour? You know, I, in my heart of hearts, I'm really thinking, boy, I wonder if I'm doing the right thing here. This is kind of crazy to, you know, come here with the intent of shooting some people that are studying the Bible, praying and singing. But he kills nine people. And out of that comes a new baptism. <laughs> baptism of rainbow colors because of the way that faith community responded. There weren't riots, protests. What did they do? We forgive Him. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Huh? This, is, this is that sacrament, that rainbow sacrament we have in baptism that stretches that far it, it, it just amazes me how that community has responded. And this young man in his post, his public post, was hoping to start a new race war. And what did he start? A new conversation that has led to healing and reconciliation, right? You know that flag. I wonder about that flag. Should we keep that flag up? And Friday, what happened? The flag came down. What? Just like that. And, 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 and around here even, you know, the name of that school, I wonder, I wonder if we should keep the name of that school. Uh, and, oh, and those monuments, you know, I wonder what that feels like if you're a person of color, you know, that, see that monument there. I, you know, I wonder what we should do. You see what has happened out of this rainbow sacrament, the tears that have flowed when people operated out of grace when they didn't try to strike back. It's, it's just amazing to me. Today, I'd love for the conversation to continue. This is another takeaway for us, right? This problem is so deep, it's systemic. How are we going to speak up? How are we going to advocate, like I said in that opening Isaiah passage, for those who are the least and most vulnerable amongst us? Then I took it to another layer. How about me as a racist? Am I unconsciously racist? I mean, I don't, you know, try to intentionally go out and, and hurt other people of different races. So I, I took a test. You can take the test. Some people did this on their cell phones. They took a picture of that. You can go to Harvard Implicit Test. It is, an, there you do, you're, some of you are Googling it right now. So that's fine. And it'll be at my blog and everything. You can get this later also. But if you want to take a picture of that, that's okay. So I, I heard about this test, and I went to take it online. And it had images of what they said were European Americans and African Americans. And you were trying to decide very quickly whether one person fell into that category or not. 
and they had good and bad, and they had all these terms, and your fingers were above the E and the I key on the keyboard, and you were having to type real fast, because that's part of the test, is to see how fast you react. And I got to sweating. <laughs> My heart was racing. I was going, oh, please, don't make me a racist, you know. <laughs> really, I, I was so scared. I won't tell you how I came out. <laughs> I came out okay, really, I did, I did. But it's amazing. Take, take the test. It's subtle how this has gotten into our system and even into us today. I have something else that you can do today. You can tell the truth before God wherever you are. I'm going to invite you to remember your baptism. Remember that sacrament in the Galatians passage where our differences didn't matter so much anymore. We were all one in Christ. I'm going to ask you to come and touch the water if, if you want to. And, and there are marbles in there. You think I've lost my marbles. No, they're all there. But, but there are marbles in there, and they're brightly colored marbles. And it, it's a rainbow. It's a rainbow sacrament. And I'm asking you to come and remember who you are and remember who Christ has called you to be and, and us to be as a community of faith. You don't have to do anything, but that is there for you as a response to the message this day. I, I don't know about you, but I need church desperately. <laughs> I need community desperately. I need the sacrament of baptism desperately to remember who I am, who I'm called to be, uh, to live in accountability, to live in community with folks that aren't as privileged as, as I am. How do we do that? I think we do that as church together, this rainbow sacrament. Then I did a little more study, and I looked up um, how we get skin pigment. There's a chemical that we all have, unless you're albino, okay? Melanin, am I pronouncing it right? I looked up melatonin, that's something else, okay? That helps you go to sleep, and there's some other things, but, but melanin, right? We all have this. Guess what? You know where you get your skin color? It depends upon whether you grew up closer to the equator or to the poles. If you're closer to the equator, your skin is darker. If you're closer to the poles, your skin is lighter. Your skin color can change in as little as 100 generations. People have studied this. Guess what? We are all the same under the skin. <laughs> the color of the skin doesn't matter all that much. We are a rainbow people. Uh, I, I love uh, the movie 42. It's about the story about Jackie Robinson. You know, have y'all seen this movie? There's uh, this uh, manager, owner guy, Ricky, and he, he gets Jackie Robinson onto his team, the Dodgers, isn't it? And, and he's taken some risk years and years ago. A line that I wish I could have gotten into the sermon, so I'm going to tell you about it. There's that line where uh, he's talking to Jackie and he says, uh, he said, well, I'm a Methodist, and you're a Methodist, and God's a Methodist. He said, you know, so, you know, what's the problem, right? You know, we're all Methodists here. So, right, so. And then later, later, towards the end of the movie, there's Pee Wee Reese, the, the shortstop, I believe, and, and this beautiful scene in 40, the movie 42. What, watch this, watch this. I think they all they want. We're just here to play ball. 
It's just a bunch of crackpots still fighting the Civil War. Well, hell, we'd have won that son of a gun if the cornstalks would have held out. We just ran out of ammunition. Better look next time, Pee Wee. Ain't gonna be a next time, Jax. All we got's right here. Thank you, Jax. What are you thanking me for? I got family out there from Louisville. I need them to know. I need them to know who I am. Hey, number one! You playing ball or socializing? Playing ball, huh? Playing ball. Maybe tomorrow we'll all wear 42. That way they won't tell us apart. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Don't you? Maybe they won't be able to tell us apart. That's so good. <laughs> There's a, a woman named Dorothy Soley. And she uh, had a book. And uh, in the book, she had a story about a rabbi. Have our Jewish friends had any problems with prejudice? Huh? Yeah. And uh, in this book, the rabbi is teaching his students the difference between daylight and dark. And so one of the students says, uh, Rabbi, uh, uh, is, it, is it daytime? Is it daylight when we can tell a dog from a sheep? And he goes, no, no, that's not it. Another student says, Rabbi, is, is it daytime when we can tell a, a, a date palm from a fig tree? No, 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 that's not it. When, when is it daylight? When is night over? He said, when you can look in the face of another human being and see them as your brother or sister, then day has come. Until then, it's still night. We as Christians believe that Jesus is the light of the world. And in this sacrament, we are a rainbow. Let's live into that. That's the good news I have to share with you this day. Amen.